1: Hello, you're listening to The Bip Show. Bip is for business, investing and policy. That's what we're here to talk about. I am Paul Colgan, Director at CT Group, and I am here in Sydney with James Whelan from VFS. How are you, James? Not bad,
0: Paul. Good to be here. Studios Redleaf Securities. Uh, always good of them to have us on board. It is. And on the line
1: from Amsterdam is Ken Vexler, Managing Director and Chief Investment Officer at Acumen Management. How are you today,
2: Ken? Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. I'm well, Colgo. Uh, James, always a pleasure. And, uh, yeah, it's rainy here. Uh, Summer is over and I've got the hump. But this will pick me up.
1: You know what? It's it's spring in Sydney. Uh, It's a beautiful mid-20s temperature outside. The government's talking about reopening the country and tax cuts. So, uh,
2: to be honest... I've what have I told you about boasting, Colgate? No one wants to boast. Stop.
1: This is all stuff, this is just facts,
2: man. Just yeah, facts. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, it is the 3rd of September, 2020. Don't forget to subscribe, rate us and leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, and our guest this week is ourselves. Yep. Um, Yay! Yeah, yeah. The three of us, um, the first, very first show, we just talked among ourselves.
2: Yeah, the pilot. Mm. Yeah. Mm. yeah, yeah. Had that guy. I believe that's what the Danes called, hoogli. <laughs> Hoogie. <laughs> what does that mean? Hooger. The they, they've they've exported that poxy concept around the entire world. It's the only thing that they're remotely yeah, they're not even good at. It's just light some candles, throw on a throw on a rug and and, and a blanket, and what do you know? You got hooger. I mean, well, that's right. I've
1: seen this thing and people. You know, people posting on Instagram. Wow, I'm all hooger. Like, well, um, what, you're wearing a blanket.
2: Is that what that is? <laughs> huh? a don't get me started. Don't, oh, yeah. don't get me started. My wife might hear this.
0: We can kiss that Danish demographic goodbye. we were mm. pitching for that too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: Okay. Sorry, I'm Denmark. Huge in Denmark.
1: Yeah. No, anyway, uh, so um, for this show, uh, you know, a lot has happened. Can you believe this is the fifteenth episode?
2: Mm.
0: Yes,
1: we've survived.
0: Mm. Yeah, still here, mm. still doing it. I could still still, Three cracking, still cracking some great stories. Mm. Great. Um, guests and, yeah, with amazing things to say.
1: And we do have some great guests uh, lined up in the coming weeks too, which I'm very excited about. Um, next week we're going to be joined by Con um, uh one of Australia's best um, uh, investing commentators. Um, he's uh, the CIO at uh, Statewide Super in South Australia. Uh, last time I checked, around about uh, $6 billion. Uh, He's going to come on and talk to us about investing in uh, um, in the current environment.
0: Yeah, also very real, very approachable too. Is, yeah, 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 yeah,
1: yeah, and likes rock music. Um, so uh ticks a lot of boxes. Uh, but um, worth sort of recapping because uh, when we first did this show, Ken, you talked about this thing called that you mm. called the lobotomy paradigm, which was this yes. view that you sort of developed uh, on, on, on markets. And I think we'll re- recap some of the shows, but it's worth going back to that. Uh, yeah. And starting there, because I think one of the things we will see as we go through some of these shows, if you were listening to this show, you, you should have been, been, you, you should have been, um, uh, you would have been well ahead on a few things that um, uh, people are talking about mm. So in the last few months. So, but Ken, Lobotomy Paradigm. So
2: without any further ado, I'm actually, as, as I'm going to give you a recap, I'm going to bring up a chart of the Spooz just for my own uh, guide because that show, uh, the Lobotomy Paradigm, was uh, 30 May. We recorded that, uh, or it was out on the 30th of May. And I just want to see what the Spooz has actually done since then. And what do you know, it's just gone one way, and that has been North. Um, look, the Lobotomy Paradigm, basically, I, I just, I suppose it was the price action that drove me to come up with the idea, uh, and it was just—it's just conceptually the fact that take your brain out and 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 have a punt in the sense that don't don't overthink things. Like I mean, we were all at the time rightly so, uh, you know, bogged down in, in oh my god, not that the world's ending, but things are horrific and 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 they genuinely were. And you know what's going to happen? We haven't even seen the peak of this wave. What's going to happen with the inevitable second wave? etc 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 and people were running for the hills and you know things were only going from bad to worse and yet and we saw a bit of a I suppose a bottoming in, in you know sometime in, in late March early April and from there it just sort of started to tick over very cautiously and it just came down to the fact that yeah you shouldn't overthink things you know lobotomy paradigm take your brain out get involved do so cautiously but don't discount the fact that people just, They'll just get on with getting on, and here we are. You know, I mean, not only have we in the in the last few months recouped all the losses made in in those early days and in sort of in the March uh, month of March, but we're at all time highs again and again and again every 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 passing day. So you know, it's I mean, this has got nothing to do. It wasn't investing advice then. It's certainly not investment advice now. It's just to say that. Ultimately, psychologically, people just get over things and just, just get on with it. And and ultimately, that's what the lobotomy paradigm was, that just don't overthink things. And you know, here we
1: are. So I want to ask you both a couple of things. Uh, what changes this? Um because it seems now, or if you think back to two years ago, uh, when the spools was falling every time Kim Jong-un got out of bed <laughs> the wrong way. Yeah. Do you remember the, no, the missile tests and everything? Um, there would be an earthquake. <laughs> yeah. There would be talk about uh, changes in OPEC production. Um, and these things would rattle
0: markets. You know, yeah. Markets have been rattled, spooked by,
1: whatever. And it just has all
0: gone away. It's all smooth now. Mm. And yeah. uh, going back on that, Ken, the, I, I remember, I remember, sort of, sort of off the cuff when you were talking about the lobotomy paradigm the first time. Like, I, I was like, yeah, it's, it's 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 easy, it's a piece of cake. And you're like, no, it's not. It's actually very, and you're, you're spot on that that it actually does take a good deal of intelligence to understand the market that we were in, the amount of money mm. that was being thrown at it, the the bond purchases, the Fed moves, everything like that, to actually know buy with your ears pinned back and and you know. Theoretically, not think about it, but actually think about it—a good deal. And it's—it's it's, there's still people out there who are like, no, it's not. It's manufactured. It's artificial. Uh, you know, I'm going to short it, going broke, mm-hmm. doing it. And it's actually—it's actually been a very, very intelligent trade to go. No, it's going up. I understand, and this is that separation thing. I understand what is actually going on in the world, but mm-hmm. I can put that aside and still buy with all confidence because that's the first—you know—the first priority: capital preservation and making people's money. So, yeah, yeah. there's that. But, yeah, everything is now smoothed out, Paul. So there's no there's no tremor through things.
1: So what changes it? Uh It used to be, you know, trade well, war headlines. What changes it?
2: I, I'm not sure, at least in, in the foreseeable, that much changes it. I think – I mean, we'll get into this, I think, later in the show because we've got an earmark in the agenda. But, look, I think there will be, you know, ripples here and there. But, but structurally and, and fundamentally, I'm not sure that much – changes the picture in in the i suppose medium term and by medium term i'm I'm talking about 12 18 months out at a bare minimum um i'm going to get into later on again it's it's in the agenda you know to talk uh, or discuss rather you know what i consider to be the three universal and basic truths of money um and and i think that has a lot to do with this environment in that You know, there is no viable alternative, be it for leveraged hedge fund money or even real pension money or anything in between. The world we currently live in, there is no viable alternative to invest. So we're seeing everything being funneled slowly but surely into the one or two or three things max that are moving. And what are they? They're equities, they're tech stocks, there are a few other bits and pieces, some esoteric stuff but not much. So. You need rates to change. You need, yeah. You just you just need a paradigm shift, and really, that's not going to happen anytime soon because we can't afford it. to. Um, the,
1: one of our early guests as well was Martin Wetton, who is uh, head of FX and um, uh, fixed income strategy at CBA uh, Institutional, uh, who is just awesome in terms of explaining the plumbing of. Uh, fixed income and credit markets, which I will say it again, are vastly multiples uh, in size of stocks. Um, yeah, they're just, massive, just enormous. This is the you know the bond market is the 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 seething ocean um, uh, in terms of money, and uh, stocks are kind of like um, well, certainly um, so, uh, uh, an index like the ASX is is kind of bobbing around on the top of it. Um, but uh, one of the things Martin pointed out on that show was that uh, central banks had made you know money as basically available as it possibly can be. But one of the problems is you can cut rates to zero, like they are around the world everywhere and in lots of places negative. But people still want, need to want to borrow. And that is the problem.
0: Can't argue with that. It is, it, 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 that is yeah. – it's it actually the physical, the physical move between what a central bank does and what a person can actually do at the end result. There's still that huge gap between those two things. Uh, I don't know. Ken, you got anything to add to that with, with regards to the actual –
2: Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I agree entirely. Like, Mar- Marty was correct. I mean, you, you can't – just because you, you, you generate all that supply doesn't mean you can – wait, to a point you can artificially stimulate the demand, but that's only – only so much the elasticity of that demand is is fairly negligible. But having said that, if if we start looking at recently, at least in the last couple of weeks, U.S. markets, housing, lumber, etc., I think we're slowly, at least in pockets, starting to see that tick through. Australia is a different scenario because, well, it's a different market and there are other factors at play. But on net, yeah, maybe we're starting to see a little bit there. But ultimately... Uh, sepos are sepos. You can't you can't really you know explain what they're doing most days. Um, but it's a confidence thing. So yeah, Marty was, was was spot on in that. Like it's just yeah, how much confidence is there to go out and take free money and do something with it?
0: And I do believe that there is actually a lot of confidence there. I mean, the the, 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 the big thing that's hung over every single thing that we've done since we started this podcast was the. The pandemic and the virus that, that, that was going on that was apparently supposed to be out of the way and then suddenly wasn't. I do, and you mentioned lumber and you mentioned what's going on, and, and I think that there's a lot of confidence in the US and there's a lot of confidence around the world. It'll tremor, but that's, that's what things do. A, a good, healthy chart needs to have corrections on the way through, and I think confidence is definitely heading on the way back up.
1: I think credit markets remain, uh, for me, the place to watch because in the coming months... Uh, we're likely to start to see um, bankruptcies, insolvencies, etc. And the interesting question there is who's going to be holding the bag, right? So companies go bust, you know, and can't pay back their banks. Um, uh, who is going to be left with that stuff on their on their books? No one.
2: Yeah, um, that, that, well, that, that's something that's been of concern throughout these sort of six nine months, right? We're yet to see any meaningful. Uh, movements on that front, not to say we won't, but I'm, as time goes on, and maybe I'm just, I'm just getting a bit sort of, you know, you know, blasé to it all, but I'm, uh, there's, just, there's enough appetite and there's enough liquidity in the system to allow refinancing, maybe at stupid rates, maybe at ridiculous structures, but there's enough people out there willing to take on those secondary and tertiary issues and structures that maybe delay those inevitable blow-ups. Just long enough to suck others in, so let, let's see. But yeah, I mean, I'm on, I'm picking splinters out of my posterior, sat on that fence at the moment.
1: Uh, one of the earlier early shows too was uh, Joe Masters, and it was actually about the GDP. Uh, it was three months ago, and it was about the mm. GDP data at the time from the March quarter. Uh, it was really funny this week, uh, where you know, in the hours in the morning, uh, Wednesday morning, when ahead of the release of the national accounts. Uh, which showed a uh, 7% negative quarter, which was just, it's just an awful number. Um, but, you know, the headlines say, you know, expected recession expected to be confirmed. <laughs> you know, you've seen the headlines, you guys, yeah. guys, guys, it's already full banana, you know. Yeah. It's, uh, it's the, a it's million people show. are out of work. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, But, uh, yeah, it was um, – and, and one of the things for me in this has been – And I wonder if it's something that's been missed. I don't know that I've read that much about it, but it has shown... One of the things we'll always talk about uh, in economic commentary is, you know, it'll kind of be dropped into conversations that, well, consumption is, you know, 60% of the economy or whatever. But it is a good reminder of what's happened here is if you smash the consumer, if you hurt the consumer, you wreck the economy, mm. right? So uh, consumers got taken out, they got shut down, they weren't allowed out of their homes uh, and um, uh, economic activity shrunk to, you know, levels we haven't seen in, in, in decades and it's the biggest quarterly contraction in um, that we've seen. You know, we're talking... Uh, Tens of billions of dollars in um, output just vanishing
0: yeah which then it comes back to we covered this with um, Pete Warden uh, about the the theory of stuff that people just stop buying things and people could uh, it, and, and if you suck that out of the economy you don't really have that much left apart from us selling iron ore to China thank God they're buying it otherwise what would West Australia do but the it is that when that and, and but it's, it's artificial, it's a stopgap, like what's going on, it comes back in, people then just go back to building houses and getting into debt for the rest of their lives, and filling their house with stuff. But look at the stocks, yeah. actually, if you want to talk about actual underlying stocks, look at Nick Scarly, look at JB Hi-Fi, look at Harvey Norman, Harvey Norman. still yeah. paying a dividend, ah, oh, don't start me on this, nonsense, they're getting JobKeeper, they're getting, I'm, I'm paying for people's dividends, anyway, we'll get into that later, but the... We've basically funded the, the Australians spend the dividends. James. You, oh, the Australian, yeah, on more Italian furniture, which is great. So it, oh, but the, yeah. you sort of see where I'm going. The Australian taxpayer has basically funded that import of goods from overseas. Yeah,
1: well, it might be in some cases it might be Italian
2: houses rather than mm, big marble columns and whatnot. But I mean, it doesn't that sort of bring to mind uh, the week we had Gigi Foster on the show, uh, where where we spoke about. Where we spoke about you know the economic costs versus the societal costs. Now, with all due respect to Gigi, I, I I was I was enthralled with that show. I enjoyed it, and even though it took me a while to have to listen back because she spoke so quickly, but uh, I'm still not convinced that you can sort of equate one to the other in terms of economic versus societal. Um, I I don't think the government overstepped. Uh, I think I think now now the are probably overstepping because they're afraid of their own shadow but in the initial i think they were probably spot on i think the economic costs were in line with a global relative you know scale but yeah i don't know i mean uh, I, yeah well, I, i'd like to actually maybe in, in the coming months get her back on just to see all right we're now in the second half of uh, of, the, of the game as it were what are your thoughts here
0: yeah exactly the uh, th- that um there's a good question to go with if 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 we gone sort of down that path and I think that, that we're still, the annoying thing is that we're still not past tense on it, that we're still present tense right, on exactly. we're supposed to be past tense on this thing by now. When, when the kids went back to term three school, that was when it was all supposed to be behind us and we're still not. So mm. it's, like we haven't, it's like we haven't done one or the other. We tried sort of half mm. tried the first thing and it didn't work and now we're still trying to half do the first thing and it's people are just getting sick of it because they want to go back.
2: This is this the equivalent of being half pregnant?
0: Yeah, we're half pregnant, and the the yeah. baby we don't, we, and we still don't know what the, we, we still don't know what this baby's going to look like.
2: The, the, uh, the, maybe the, we maybe we get off this analogy quick yeah, time before no, I say yeah. something entirely <laughs> inappropriate. Dead horse over there. Yeah. Because it's likely. Yeah. moving on. Yeah. Uh, right. maybe but,
1: not. yeah. Um, well, I do uh, one thing that I think is worth pointing out from that, uh, uh, from Gigi's argument and the argument that people who are anti-lockdown. Uh, you know have prosecuted from the start, which is it's a very hard concept to get your head around uh that um the lost output how that sets back a country um it's it's a very you know like people talk about this, the difference between saving lives and you know, um, saving the economy. If you remember that debate from a few months ago, it's. I think it's moved on now. People are a lot more pragmatic about it, uh, in my view. Um, uh, people still want to control the virus, um, you know, and make sure that they stay healthy. But, uh, you know, there's... Um, uh, and they are very, very worried about their economic situation. And the, the focus is increasingly on... Uh, has been turning in the last couple of months, uh, and this is showing up in our research too. At, um, at CT Group, um, that the focus is, has been turning to the economy um, in from
0: from the virus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So
1: initially, uh, got to stop the virus. Now it's like, well, um, so when 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 Victoria introduced its stage three lockdowns, uh, the, we've been tracking um, the people's fear of redundancy. Mm. And it started off about one in three people in March April were worried about losing their jobs. That ticked down slowly to about uh, one in four mm-hmm. uh, so it went down to about twenty five percent I am worried about losing my job no. um, when the Victorian stage three lockdowns we we've got a poll coming back soon on on the state that will cover the stage four period in australia uh, in in sorry in Victoria. Um, but when the stage three lockdowns kicked in in Victoria in June. Um, that number went from 25% to 47 Wow. Yeah, so nearly half of the population suddenly was, was going, you know what, I'm kind of worried about my job. So the calculus changes a little bit, you know, um, about, you know... <laughs> You know, what, what is the priority here? Like, so one uh, of the. Your, H- how do we save the furniture? Um,
0: yeah. And, and that, was, that was sort of almost. So the
1: Italian couches, sorry. Yeah.
0: yeah. How do we save <laughs> the Italian couches? I'd get you in a good place in Tuscany, actually, if you want. Uh, but the, uh, the, the. Keep in mind, okay, so as, as an investor and as one of those portfolio manager things, like, you, you, when you have a plan, you, you know, the old expression, um, plan the trade, trade the plan. And the idea with, with the lockdowns and everything they did to begin with was all we've got to do is lock it down. And this is from all the the higher sources. Lock it down, get our health system in place, get people's behavior in place, and that way we can then start going back to work. People will wear masks, people will sanitize and sign in, and we'll have a contract tracing app that works paul and and that'll be and if someone does get sick, then our ICUs will be able to handle them, and our hospitals will be okay that's done I still don't like that's now like where did that go where did that where where did Where did the plan go because because we planned the trade and then we didn't quite trade the plan so
2: well, to, to a degree, I think, I mean, sitting on the other side of the planet and, and looking at it through, you know, a, a long view lens, at least as far as Australia is concerned, I think, I think there was an element of, of planning the trade, trading the plan to a point, and there was probably a premature take profit, if you will. I mean, if we're really going down the, the, the road of this analogy. And there was still plenty of, uh, plenty of road to run in that trade. Um, and, part, and part of that, I suppose, part of their attempted solution or, or maybe pulling early was, was all the stimulus they pumped in, you know, monetary and fiscal, um, and, and their perception of, okay, societal good versus economic good. Well, we think we've got the economic good covered because we're pumping all this into the equation. The societal, well, we'll give people the benefit of the doubt because they're not complete idiots. Yeah, that was your first mistake. They are idiots. Uh, we are idiots as a whole as a, as a society but here we are uh, but, but I mean I think I think that sort of takes me to my next uh, point which is you know all the money being pumped in and when we had Chris Weston on and we spoke about the rise of the retail Robin Hood hero uh, you know in, in, in a nutshell and basically what people did largely with their money stimulus checks globally in the US and at least in, in Oz. You know, people could draw this super early, least really, some chunk of it, and what they started doing with it. And, and you know, what did they do? Straight into penny stocks.
1: Yeah. The, um, it was – it has been remarkable. And that show covered uh, – I think that is actually our highest rating show so far. Don't right? tell Chris okay Yeah, yeah. G'day, Chris. How you doing? Welcome, um, welcome. yeah. Welcome. yeah.
2: yeah. yeah. Uh,
0: they're, 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 they're the real heroes. The the, the stocks guys like that.
1: This entire digital culture has grown up because we saw it a few years ago. You know the crypto mania. You know all these bros. Um, you know about you know talking about how this was going to change the world. Blah blah blah. Uh, and it was this kind of little religion that died a horrible death uh, pretty quickly because they everybody quickly realized that lots of it was a scam. Um, particularly remember all those those ICOs. Everybody was doing a coin off. Yeah, there's still people no. doing them. No. Yeah, 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 I remember
0: that. Yeah, um, that easy money. Yeah, but this it's it's now
1: around stocks. And somebody told me last week who works at a um, trading platform, they were adding twenty thousand accounts a week.
0: That's the, That's yeah. where
1: In Australia and Singapore. Get out. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, back back at and I don't I don't know what the numbers are now, but this was um, back at you know back when everybody was um, sent to the cave, uh, but uh, you know March April <laughs> May that kind of period, um, but it has fully blossomed now into this entire thing. And I have a little trick for you. Yes. There's a there's a thing called TikTok Investors. So you've been following it, right? So Twitter account, you got to get on there. TikTok Investors at TikTok Investors. Um, uh, it's under followed um but i have this little clip uh and i hope this is going to work now but it was these two uh, yeah. Yeah.
2: i'm, I'm going to hate this i have a feeling i absolutely loathe these i'm going to love it.
1: these are my
0: <laughs> these are my people
1: <laughs> okay right these are two two guys talking about stocks okay um now just bearing in mind that uh, uh this whole thing has become this you know people uh, learning new terminology and everything No, know. that's Okay, oh, let's go,
2: let's go. Called, are, are, is, is this real or is this no no no, that's no? no, no, it's real. It's this, real. Okay. This is real. Okay,
3: right. okay. Fine, here, we fine, go. Fine. here we go. My grandma gave me like, you know, a fair amount of bones. Mm-hmm. And I just, you know, I called my brothers in finance and like put all of this in, in billabong. Yeah, my dad's been a little bit skeptical of my, my kind of stock you instincts know, what, as well. What's your portfolio right now? Well, so he wants me to do like more blue chip stocks and then, mm-hmm. you know, take some risks on with some of my portfolio on some, you know, more fast-rising companies that aren't as well-established. Mm. But to me, it's like, Dad, that's all just verbiage. Mm. You, know I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? Talk to me real. Talk <laughs> yeah. to me like a man-to-man. You know what I mean? Yeah. So when I come at him, I just go, Dad, Pokey. Yeah. Do you love it? Does everyone love it? Yeah. Who's got the best Pokey on the mainland? Bear flag. Let's invest in them. Yeah. They're not a publicly traded company, which is crazy. Dude. Because what's their market cap? Three billion? They got three stores. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah they are probably do it a billion each. Dude, their IPO is going to be off the charts. It's going to be huge. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then... That's initial public offering. But we're sitting on that. We're waiting. Yeah. So then we go, okay, Poke Shack. That's mm-hmm. a publicly traded company. Yeah. That's when we can invest. My grandma gave me like... Oh, man. Uh, Three billion uh, valuation. So i, I again, do a billion for the
2: for the for the avoidance of doubt. That is real, yeah? Yeah
0: that's, yeah. yeah, that's that is as real as they come. Those boys, they were. Are, are you giving me verbiage? Are you giving me verbiage, dude? <laughs> yeah, hey, dude, man. Like, uh, I, had, I had a f- fair amount of bones. I had to Google what a pokey mm. was, and mm. it's in Australia. A pokey is like if you want to invest in pokies, then you should buy Aristocrat or. Like yeah,
2: exactly. No, I see, yeah. Okay. I, b- I, believe, I believe the mainlanders in Hawaii pronounce it. Okay. Is it a bo- It's like yeah, a salad bowl. It's it's real, is that what it is? It's raw fish, mate. Yeah. It's, it's basically fish, fish uh, Hawaiian ceviche oh. on a salad. All
0: right. All right.
1: We, we, we,
2: we don't do
0: do the do the the so They've got anyway. three doors.
1: They do a billion each. So the company should yeah, have apparently. added three billion. Okay. And that's
2: an IPO. Three so an IPO yeah. stands yeah. for an emission. initial public offering. Thank man. you, Ken. Just so that... You know, in case you weren't short. Sure. <laughs> Honestly, but but this is it. This is the world, man. And and I'll take again your word for it, Colgrove. That that was real and not a complete piss take. Uh, this is it. And and you know, we laugh at it, and this falls into the lobotomy paradigm. We laugh at it. We you know, finance professionals with twenty five year old long careers and whatever. Ah, oh, yeah, this can't be. Whatever. What, what, what's what's the equity market done? What what? Where where of where are bonds? Where are ten years, five years, global? You know. This is it. This is no, exa- exactly. Like, here we are.
0: Yeah, that, that's that thing. And, and it does go back to that, that, that Bitcoin thing. The, the thing that got me with the Bitcoin thing was a number of finance professionals uh, that had been in the industry for a while that all of a sudden sort of went and started doing the ICO thing. I'm going to work for a Bitcoin thing, I'm going to work for a, a blockchain consultancy and things like that. And, that. and that was the interesting departure from that. I haven't seen the same departure for people who are going to go and I'm going to, st- uh, you know, there's this tech company that's coming in and they're going to do cheap. Cheap brokerage, mm. cheap cheap nothing brokerage uh, in there, and I haven't quite seen that move yet. So we're not at the top for that yet, but it is stupid easy for for people to make a lot of money in this market and good on them right behind it because that's what it's there for.
1: Well, I do think the great thing about this is people taking an interest in finance, what it means to own a bit of a mm-hmm. company. Mm. Um, I, I think that is really terrific, really healthy um, uh, for people to on you know, so there's all these videos on TikTok now about compounding. Um, people talking about how you know, if I take a thousand dollars, to start watching it. Yeah, here's here's how I turn um, $100 one hundred dollars into a million dollars in four
0: days or something yeah. in Those a are, year. I saw that. Okay, yeah. so so you can and it is true. You can take hundred dollars and turn it into a million dollars by in the options market. If you if you if you know the options market, dude, make it, all you got to do is make twenty percent a week. All you got to do, Ken.
2: Uh, I, this is a technical term, so you may have to Google it, uh, James. I believe that's what's known as a piece of piss. 20 percent of whip, job done. <laughs> Easy. Uh, Easy. Well, Easy cool. for you guys.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and we sit, we sit back, we sit back, and we got to control ourselves and be don't get caught up in it. Don't 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 disrespect them too too much because you know they're in it and they're involved mm-hmm. and it's great. Don't try not to condescend, but it's it's a you know just like. They are in it, but we gotta sit back and just be like, you know what, long term it's a career. We're protecting wealth, building super, that that sort of thing that you gotta do and these guys can do it, they can do it on the edges and and it's when your clients start calling you a couple of years ago and go, Hey, I wanna be a part of this Bitcoin. You know what? You know what? My job is to try and protect you from this sort of thing. So when it's when it's get the we're gonna go long calls in Tesla at you know, where the hell is Tesla now? But it's, it's, it's those no, sort of don't things. To say every, don't get caught up in it and that's it. Let these guys go. Let these guys go. Oh, well,
1: wow. the, st- the stock split uh, in Tesla was the coverage of this was hilarious. Now, I, I also want to point out that uh, like, I genuinely welcome all those the new people to uh, interest interested in investing, yeah. particularly if you listen to the show uh, and you're trying to get your head around things. Um, it's awesome. It's, it's really great. Um,
2: it, it also – Colgo, it also bleeds into when the the week we had Kerry Craig on from J.P. Morgan. Um, I think in part it it sets the base, or at least you know gives a floor to what he was talking about at the time, and well, we spoke about bits and pieces. But he was very big on the fact, and it turns out he was probably largely right. The fact that we were on the edge, and now probably fully into the start of a new economic mini cycle. You know, the the the, the robustness of economic conditions and James, as you mentioned, you know, the return of uh, elements of confidence and the like, um, you know, has led to, amongst other factors, not least of which monetary and fiscal stimulus, but, uh, uh, you know, a new cycle. I mean, it could be a very short cycle, it probably will be, uh, won't be a typical one, but, you know, we are here. I, I think we're, we're sort of starting to experience that at the moment.
1: And I'll, po- I'll point out that was about, um, uh, that was about six weeks ago. And now everybody, I it
2: down yeah, yeah,
1: it was
0: in July. I was up at the Blue Mountains. I missed that one. Oh, I'm that's cool. right. Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: that's yeah that was nine, nine July.
0: Yeah,
1: and um, but everybody this week now is talking that we're at the start of a new.
0: I've called mm. it, I've called cycle. it. We're at the base camp of Everest for yeah. everything that that there's just so many things that point to an up an upward cycle, and, and in commodities specifically.
1: Well, is, I, but also you know we've smashed economies like like we've taken huge amounts of gd of, of output out, so. It is up from here. Yeah. It's, um,
0: it's after World War II. It's boomers. N- the yeah, but just, is-
2: but, but the, the key thing is let's, let's – and this is what so many pundits and, and financial television and, and media has been – this has really been grinding my gears the last couple of months. There's such because, – because it makes great TV and whatever else, do not compare month on month for the life of – just don't do it. Year on year, fine, to get a real sense of where we are, but month on month, I mean, obviously things are going to look amazing because three months ago, no one could leave their front door, and now there's movement, there's you know stimulus, is into it. So there has to, you know, I, I'm the bucket of salt guy, right? Just 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 take a, a breath. Even yeah? if you
0: salt, even if you salt, you can salt this up all you like. China's China's mm. iron ore imports year on year in what was it July was up twenty three percent. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, no, that's yeah, and and those those things are just of, of you know what, what was the I was throwing these numbers around last week. There was uh, hotel occupancy is in China seventy percent. Um, that's seventy percent occupancy, seventy percent booked domestically, and their flights are back to ninety percent of pre COVID levels. Like there's the mm-hmm. like you can that's that's a country that's done and is ready and is back you know back growing. There's it's only the one wor- place. That's the gonna world's
1: go. second largest economy and Australia's. Biggest trading partner. Correct. So you're correct. Well, that, that's
2: that's teetering. I mean, that, that, that partnership, that relationship's clearly just going down the shitter at the moment, isn't it? But anyway, yeah. that's a different story.
1: Uh, I think that, well, I mean, that economic uh, connection is not going away, you know. I no, no, agreed.
2: Yeah. But uh, I'm afraid that politics are going to start really messing with that. I mean, we've seen some news stories in, in the last couple of weeks that, you know, they're, they're basically it's it's not – to my mind, again, sitting on the other side of the planet, it doesn't seem as well oiled and friendly as it was 18 months ago. Do you know what I mean? There, there, there are enough tensions there, but
1: certainly, been, all- certainly, been a change, yeah. And um, the the wine um, anti dumping yeah. uh, uh, investigations, etc. Well, uh, the- you know, the, I, I I do you know still think that there's a question about how you dump penfuls three eight nine um, <laughs> <coughs> dump it on baby. <laughs>
0: I got I got a small list of places you can dump that wine, but the I, I, I am a little bit just with regards to the to the overall relationship economically speaking, and one of the biggest things that you can do, uh, you know, as part of the growth of of an investor is is to put your hand up and go I don't this doesn't make sense to me, and sort of the the, the Chinese Australia relationship at the moment it doesn't really make sense to me With the way that's going, and I put my hand up. So like, so James, what's the what's the Chinese play here? It's like I it doesn't make sense to me, so. That's, that's just where I've got to be on that one, I, and I can't make sense of it.
1: One of the interesting assets has been gold.
0: Uh-huh. Yes. Um,
1: do you, and you remember we worried when we had Jordan Alessio on the show <laughs> that we were doing finally doing a podcast about gold, and uh, we thought we, you know, it might have been a good time to sell it, but?
2: It still had a bit of run left in it, actually, after that. I think I think it was a good, good 10 days, maybe two weeks, before it made all-time highs and came back. But uh, even so, it hasn't come back, you know, like dramatically. It's come back and it's holding steady. But, yeah, I think, you know, this this sort of coincides with also when we had Kerry on. I mean, I remember asking him whether, you know, looking at, at the world through a macro lens or a macro framework even makes sense anymore. And then next week, we're, we're off we are talking about gold. It sort of goes hand in hand that things have really gone, you know, upside down, right? And 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 more to the point, I mean, Jordan sort of confirmed it at the time, is that more real money, and by real money I mean I suppose pension funds and the like, uh, are looking very seriously at getting involved in gold as an asset class to be holding over their investable horizon, which is north of five, ten years, right? So that, that, that really has changed the dynamic, I think.
0: Yeah, and, and we really thought that we were going to ring the bell. It's still, it's, it, for me, any, any dip you get on gold is still an opportunity to buy and I will keep, mm. like, I I, you, I don't think I have enough, which really, really, I regret. This could yeah, be a Gold
1: stocks to, in the in the macro portfolio? No, not
0: necessarily gold. Uh, no, yeah, I, uh, I wouldn't mind a gold miners index to be in there. Physically, I don't have enough room, and this has been a problem that we've had for, for, for a bit. We have, we're maxed out, and, you know, we, we need to be in things that are growing now because everything's, <laughs> everything only goes up, But and, and that's sort of where it's at, and I think a lot of portfolio managers are feeling the same pain. Physical gold, I still think, Get a get a safe and and fill it with some gold bars. I still think that that is that that is a good idea.
1: Well, um, last week we had Paul Brandis on. I know that was a very big moment for you, James. You really enjoyed. It. Look, I love talking about American politics, right? So, um, but you enjoyed that,
0: didn't you? I do like it. I've I've got a long and rich history following American American politics, Civil War history as well. Ever since I got given my first video game in, in Civil War, uh, Civil War history and what that was about. Knowing the presidents, knowing what was going on. It, funnily enough, actually, it was – who was it? Ah, Yes, presidential hero. I can segue this one. Who was the president uh, that, is, that, is, uh, that actually made it legal to own gold again? And this, is, this will surprise you. Gerald Ford. Was the president that actually made it legal for an individual citizen in America to own gold again? That was a big—that was a big deal for people to actually be able to own gold again, actually buy a safe and fill it with gold. So, but yes, mm. talking, to, talking to Paul was was huge for me because I'm, I'm a big fan of his. His insights. For, for, are for those
1: who don't know, Paul Brandis, uh, White House Press Corps uh, veteran, U.S. presidential historian, he's given many lectures at U.S. presidential libraries, etc. Written a
0: few, written a few books uh, that he's done. The latest one on on the yeah, yeah, and, uh, and and that's good. And he had some amazing insight on the upcoming, you know, the upcoming election, what's going on, uh, and just yeah, go back and listen to that podcast again. Uh, I have well
1: since the conventions, and after that podcast, I am now convinced Donald Trump is going to uh, basically on current settings, barring anything change, uh, barring any major change. Hmm. Um, but as things stand, I expect him to win.
0: Trump wins in November. Ken?
2: Yeah, I think, I think yeah, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm probably inclined to agree just because it would be the biggest, you know, fu to the world and, and 2020 as we know. It. But caveat to that, and this is something that we discussed with Paul last week, I, th- I think the congressional elections is, is where, where Trump gets absolutely knackered. And we're going to have a lame duck president, um, and we're going to, and, and this is really going to put the U.S. into a proper spin over the course of the next few years. I think, I think this is seriously the issue here. And one, you know, people are trying to price: Ah, if Biden wins, what does that mean for equities? And it, and if, if Trump, you know, gets his second term, what's he going to do? And China and this, that, and the other. Yeah, I think. Yeah, stop trying to look past your nose and and have a look at the massive freckle that's on it. And I think the risk being severely underpriced is, is the congressional, uh, the constitution of the congression or the, the two houses. And I think that's going to be a huge issue.
1: So basically you get a policy uh, impasse on everything. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. Trump can't get anything done.
0: And it's the Democrats. So then what it is is the Democrats feathering the bed for the candidate in four years' time. Um, mm. And it's locked down. And, oh, my God, four years of Trump tweeting and just whinging about every single damn no. thing that he could possibly do. If he thought he was bad now, imagine that, because he's got so, nothing to run yeah, for. Exactly.
2: exactly. In the Menzi era, at least we could have a double dissolution, jobs are good, and, and start again, lads, because this is clearly going nowhere, right? You're not going to get that in the US, and you're just going to get a, a, a ramp-up of rhetoric and geopolitical repercussions. Then this is all to my mind. I mean, I could be entirely wrong. But I think, you know, a lame-duck president and one that's potentially off as far off the handle as, as Trump is, imagine what it could do. Like, just, yeah, it ain't going to be pretty if, if this all comes through, but we'll see.
1: Well, here's the thing. Um, it's the, going back to this thing of um, the Fed can now step in and do all this stimulus if the executive branch uh, of government, if the fiscal side um, doesn't work. So my question is, again, you know, what eventually becomes a thing in James Whelan language? Um, you know, what becomes a problem? Uh, congressional
2: impasse? But, 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 well, that's, that's to a point. I mean, Colgo, we had, we had Noochin out in front of the Senate and Congress in the last 48 hours essentially begging them to say, you know, again, this is in the run-up to election because you put money in people's pockets, they're going to go out and vote and probably vote. For your candidate. But, you know, I mean, how many more times will, in the next couple of years, will I have to see Mnuchin potentially, if he remains Treasury Secretary, out there begging and, and, you know. So the Fed can do a lot, has done a lot, will continue to. But it goes back to the whole thing with, with, uh, when we had Martin Wedden on the show, you can only stimulate demand so much by giving away free money. The price elasticity of that demand is somewhat limited. So, you know, the the Fed's not the one sending out the checks. You know, that's the Treasury, and unless Congress approves it, where, where are they going to come from?
0: Yeah, and, and it was described really well on uh, Macro Voices last week, just on the weekend, that the Fed the Fed can, you know, through bond whatever. It's actually, you know, the money goes into bank bank accounts. Sorry, big bank accounts, and the, the, but those bank accounts are held on reserve at the Federal Reserve. They, mm. that, that 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 doesn't then move into lending it actually all it does is just increase the capital buffer for those for those big banks to then use that as a backing to lend so it's 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 not directly going then into stonks mm. or <laughs> stonks. It's, it's it's all it all it is, is just increasing the capital buffer and that's it but but mm. look if, if you just want to drag i mean the way that congress has worked and the independence of the fed i'll tell you that the independence of the fed is now completely shot as far as i'm concerned so look just move move those decisions away from Congress that can't get it together and just put it to the Fed. So question then, right? Uh, one of the things about this is that
1: the low interest rate world um, creates asset price inflation,
0: mm.
1: um, which leads to winners and losers in society. And, you know, so people who are asset rich become richer. Um, and people who are trying to scrape together uh, enough money to buy things that are going up in price, um, feel that everything's getting away from them, right? So this is one of the big problems that we have. I mean, there's lots and lots of problems on what government is doing, people feeling government overreach in in their lives, all of that kind of thing. Um, But then there is also this discontent in uh, advanced countries, so you might it's see. an interesting question. Are, is it going to – are policymakers, i.e. politicians, going to let this continue to like, – what can you do
0: about it?
2: They will let this continue because they're fresh out of ideas and more importantly, and this is something that, you know, I, I was talking to sort of contemporaries and colleagues and whatever else, in around 15, 15 – You were talking maybe, to people, minutes? Ken. Oh, no. Well, that, I was talking at them. <laughs> uh, so, you, you know, there, there is, is a slight difference. But I suppose the point being is you know, when we saw, you know, the five-star movement in Italy, the, you know, Beppe Brillo, Grillo, whatever, we saw uh, the rise of Trump. We saw all manner of nonsense, you know, leaning that way. My concern at the time was I understand why we were going down the road because people were sick and tired. We were coming out of the GFC, rich were getting richer, poor getting poorer, etc., cetera, et cetera, the disparity growing. So they were turning to, you know, the non-consensus alternative, the, 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 the new kid on the block, what can you do for me out of desperation? What they failed to realize at the time was that the new kid on the block ultimately was not going to do anything new. Rhetoric was going to stay rhetoric and realistically the underlying conditions were going to remain as per four years down the track with Trump and you know various other parties in, in Greece, in Italy, in Southern Europe and, and all over the world. There, are, there now is no alternative. So they've tried the alternative, gone, uh, back to the mainstream. Well, that sucked in the first place. So, yeah, you, you, you're back in this feedback loop that ultimately, yeah, it just continues to grow the discontent. Um, and I don't – yeah. The, the,
0: the, the big change, and and this is one of those sort of the hypothetical possibilities that's there, is that if the – Democrats in the States, because obviously the US always leads everything, that if the Democrats in the States can put up, uh, you know, like the new Bernie Sanders or something like that, then potentially I I still think that the only chance that the Democrats had to beat Trump this year was to nominate Bernie. I think he was the only one that, that did it who would have got the vote out. The Democrats had the chance to uh, to, to, to run someone that was going to beat Trump that was actually going to start moving this away. And in four years, potentially, they will run someone who – can start doing that, but but the establishment is the establishment, and that's just how it goes. So if they can get the grassroots movement to do that, then it may change uh, the way that it's going. Now what we've seen, and the key thing is that what we've seen is that not only is the economy moving further away and that disparity even more, exacerbated by the by the pandemic, moving away from the rich and the and the not rich, but also it's it's sort of seen that in the stocks that we've got, we've got five five stocks that are carrying the entire index upwards. And that disparity is happening more and more in the market. So those two things are actually, in that regard, very, very much connected. Look, uh, it, 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 it's, it's four years away, though.
1: So, what happens from here? That's like, so we've talked about you know a lot about you know what's been happening this year, last few months. Um, play the tape for the here and now. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Well, I mean, I suppose the here and now is probably akin to, if you've ever watched Stranger Things, you know, it's, it's the upside down. I mean, literally, the world as we know it has been small's turned on its head and we're living in what feels like a parallel universe, right? Um, by now, you know, if, if we were to understand, and I was, you know, I'll hold my hand up. By now, you know, if we were talking in whatever, April, May, June even, we should have been having a significant, proper Second wave of of COVID, right? Globally, um, arguably we we sort of are, but I suppose the question becomes: is you know is it is it really a second wave as as we envisage, or is it sort of a third ripple, a fourth ripple? You know, are, are these are they going to come in sort of smaller ripples? You know, as 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 we go through time, um, and,
1: and as people you know stay conscious about hand washing, social distancing, yeah. you know.
2: Yeah, So, I mean, you know, the, the, the here and now is, is an altered reality to the one we knew in January. It's certainly, you know, different to the one we knew in May. I think some base aspects will remain. I think, you know, human nature will kick in and, and people will sort of start to relax a little bit and that'll create further ripples in COVID infections and whatever else. But we're also, at, at least temporarily in, in, in a time sense, closer to a potential vaccine even though we're still probably 18 months out at least Uh, where again this comes back to the bottom paradigm where you just take your brain out We, we we as humans adjust to okay this is in inverted commas the new normal and we're sort of getting on with getting on because what alternative do we have and i think markets are largely reflecting that i think they've they've probably overextended but again you know, we had Chris Weldon on the show talking from Magellan talking about the fact that the risk free rate is so low that, you know, it it, it, it alters and, and masks the, the discount rate by which you put into your factors and, and the future price of stocks and valuations of company. Well, look, that's not going to change anytime soon, right? So have we overextended in the near term? Probably over the longer term. Let's see what the world looks like, but the Feds come out and the Fed leads, as, as you guys have correctly said, they're not going to tighten anytime soon, they've attempted to, to put in some sort of synthetic bear steepener into the market that, oh, they're going to let inflation and the economy run hot, they want to average 2% inflation over. Sweet baby Jesus, when was the last time you saw a two-handle on inflation? And I'm not a mathematician, but to average it means you're going to run north of three at some point, because you've been running about one three, one four for the last how many years. Yeah, no one's raising rates, right? The back end, the thirty-year, maybe moved five basis points. What? Who cares, right? So,
0: yeah, it uh, it does it does change things. It does change the markets that that if eventually there is a tick up in in rates, and I've sort of said this as well that that eventually then those tech stocks and the super growth has to get revalued and and it won't be revalued up, it'll be revalued down. But mm-hmm. but. Here's the thing: is that is that all of those laggards in the market that that haven't been pulling the weight, the the flow of money just goes there. And so, yeah, as as it was because it, it and and the immediate reaction from everyone that you talk to is just like, oh, okay, so if, if Apple, Amazon, Netflix, Google, if they get revalued and they get revalued down, then then the market will come off. It's like, no, 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 because there's all still all of this sloshy money, and it will just flow to industrial mm. stocks. It'll mm. flow to mm. Boeing and the banks and all of those things, and the market will keep going.
1: Well, I was in a really good yeah. mood at the start of this podcast with this kind of stuff <laughs>
2: yes. no but but Colgo let, let, let me let let me lift your mood and and sort of come back to what I mentioned earlier in the show which was the you know the three universal truths of money and this is something that my dad used to say whenever the topic of money came up and as an economist with him in conversation it came up fairly often um, he was the economist not me I'm just a schlepper but uh, he he always said to me you know that ultimately, There are three universal and basic truths of money, right? One, money loves to be counted. Two, it likes to feel safe. And three, it needs to be put to work as often and frequently as it can, right? So if we put those uh, elements uh, in the context of the world we're in, right? Money loves to be counted. Well, everyone looks at their P&L every day, right? So take that out of the equation. It likes to feel safe. So imagine, you know, you want Exactly, bonds or a mattress of of whatever sort. You know, back in the day the, the 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 Arab and Chinese world would put money under the London real estate mattress, right? Brexit happened, that mattress gone, right? To a point. Uh, you know, there are various mattresses over history, you know, gold one and whatever. That mattress now is equities, right? Because it's self-perpetuating, self-fulfilling, right? So equities become a mattress into which you put your uh, cash or under which you put your cash and and, and it satisfies the third criteria and that money is ultimately being put to work because well, equities are moving whatever else you're going, you're going to get three-fifths of the proverbial by putting it into fixed income any govy bonds aren't going to pay you anything um, might be safe but you don't put your entire portfolio in that you still want to feel like money's working. you just stick it under the world's biggest mattress which currently are equities and as James correctly said fine tech blows up or comes off 10 whatever percent. Well, there have been plenty of laggers across the other other segment of equities, so money will slowly flow into that. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. James,
1: um, maybe you can. It might be worth it, it just explaining that a bit about chasing a rally and how stock market rallies feed themselves.
0: Uh, ah, yeah, okay, okay. Uh, so it's just the, the the money flowing, money, and it's it's sort of outside of the the dude, bro, backward hat guys on the TikTok investor too. It's 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 that. We've got to chase growth, we've, you know, we need to, and if the market's going away, so if you've got a, a benchmark, if it's a formal or an informal benchmark as a portfolio manager, you, you have a thing and you're looking at it going, okay, so we beat the decline, so for example, you know, we, we, we went a lot cash going into March, and then we beat it, and then we rejoined the market and managed to catch a lot of that on the upside, and then we've managed to find, like amazingly surprised, wait, the S&P is doing this, but but, and we're in it, but we're not as participants uh, – we're not participating as much – thank you. We're not participating. It's late. It's, we're not participating as much as, as, as we could be because we're not catching all of this. So we're good and we're diverse, which means then you've got, to, you've got to tweak and tweak and tweak and try and catch that growth as much as you can with a risk-reward, you know, the, the, the side of it's in there. Yeah, and, think, you,
1: and it's an important dynamic to understand. Yeah, for sure, uh, because
0: – because, uh, as, as Ken just said, you know, you check your P&L every day and your clients check the P&L and they just go, okay, so it was great that you did that during the during the correction. You've saved a big chunk of my, of my super. But where have you been, you know, the, the, the market's gone up seven and you've only gone up five. So, okay. What so, have you done for me lately? Yeah, what have you done for me lately? You're only as good as your last innings. So, so there's yeah. that. And and you can't always point back to it and just go, hey, we just saved, you, you know, that 40% decline. We managed to, to avoid that. But – and that's where it is. And then you have – okay, so we need to have a little bit in – Potentially Tesla and catch it, but then all of a sudden you have a look at it and just go, wait, Tesla, they're, they're for every for every dollar they made in sales last quarter, the, the market is valuing it with $73 compared to GM for every dollar that, that, that General Motors makes last quarter in sales, the market is valuing them with $2.50 as as an example we can't you can't chase that on the upside it just would not make sense and so you have to sort of sit with your thumbs and and watch it and just go no we're okay to miss the nonsense and because over the long time it all sort of smooths out the the and then it's the where can we sensibly have the growth in in what it is and so i like to have the okay so so specifically i can you know i could talk about what you know the book looks like and Okay so we have that, that growth and you're in the lithium and you're in the you know you're in the robo you're in the tech you're in uh, cybersecurity I mean and, and then you go okay but I need something in food okay so so I own something in in the food space and then I go but commodities I need to have something in commodities too because if the US dollar keeps coming off because of growth then growth is going to be good and commodities are good and commodities will get better because the US dollar comes off and, and so that's a good sort of – it's like a mini hedge inside the portfolio. And I also need that sort of that value on the industrials for the US because, A, they're just going to get bought because things are going to get bought and also because if money moves from that growth side, it's going to go into there because, like I said, sloshy money. And that's, that's the way that you can go and, and you can say – And this you multiply
1: p- – that's your fund and you multiply this out across hundreds and hundreds of thousands of funds mm. where that you're competing against and trying to be, you know – Trying to uh, beat competitors, yeah. or um, at least show your value to the people who've invested money with, and
0: that's and, and, and that's where it comes in, where where you can say, and then it's because, like I said, over a smooth line, you know, you smooth it out, and you go, okay, so this quarter, this quarter, we're a little bit behind the quarter, be- you know, the quarter before, we were a lot ahead next quarter, when everyone returns to their senses and, and dumps all these things and, and everyone wonders what happens, similar to you know, people with the on the Bitcoin conversation a few years ago, that, that we can say that we beat that. And that's that idea of just like over a smooth line, how is your how is your super fund perform?
1: So here's a question, right? So you have an ETF like food or whatever, right, and it has 20 stocks in it. and But, you know, you know that maybe some of those businesses aren't great. Uh, those businesses aren't great. So, so you know, what you're allocating money to them mm-hmm. so
0: the, the, the idea and this comes into your etf selection and you and the provider that you're looking at too so actually you go down to the fundamentals and you go okay so it's an actively managed etf who's the manager that's running it um how well do i know them and you know the old the old rule if you get six out of ten you're a, you're a great manager so that's that's all you want there's always going to be dogs in there but when it comes to actual efficiency saving time being able to do things, actually going through and, and, and running through 100 stocks yourself and then investing it and having to track it it, it, it really does become a pain, especially if you're going overseas. It's better just to go, I'll buy, and then the most that you're going to have is maybe 8 or 9% in an actual company. But you can look at it and just go, those top 10 companies, easily, I'll be happy to own them, and if six or seven of them do great, I'm going to be okay. Mm. Uh,
1: amazingly, we've been talking for nearly an hour. <laughs> oh. mm. um, we we should talk about what happens next um uh, we've talked about obviously the elections coming at the, the u.s elections coming at the end of the year uh, what else Ken?
2: well I mean I, you know I suppose yeah exactly the elections are coming a year in and I've given my sort of worthless two cents on what I think uh, may happen and, and sort of the, the the potential implications of that in terms of a a blue Congress uh, versus a, a red president. Um, you know, we we have to talk about, I suppose, the potential for well, vaccines and or lockdowns. I mean, you know, the, the sort of either side of the, the seesaw, if you will. I think vaccines of any real merit, as I said, I think are probably at least 18 months out. And even then you've got to think to yourself, well, what does that mean? How readily available are they uh, or is it and how safe is it? Uh, on the lockdown side of things well like we discussed earlier in the show I mean we're seeing regional versus national lockdowns both obviously in Olds, but we're seeing that in bits and pieces across uh, across the world less so in the US because well they, they march to the beat of their own drum but I think, I think we can't discount the fact that there, there is probably an increased likelihood that you know rather than second waves we get third and fourth ripples and that leads to, as I said, regional lockdowns. Policy responses in the midst of that. Uh, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, which means that they'll probably be more of the same. Governments will try and chuck more money at it. Uh, central banks will get a little bit more creative, but there's only so much more they can do because, let's face it, they've done absolutely everything they can. And the market implications. Uh, I think the market implications are... Thus, uh, the elections cause a bit of a ripple, uh, but in the absence of anything materially changing uh, in terms of you know the, the, the framework that we've discussed, I think those three universal truths of money continue to make sense, and I think the mattress continues to get stuffed, or rather money gets put under the mattress, and that just means that slowly but surely, equities remain the main game, and as much as I hate the bloody things, the main game in town, um, you might have little blips here and there in the fixed income markets, at least on the government side of things, but eh, um, I don't think you're going to get meaningful moves in, in govy curves. And currencies are going to be reverting back to who can talk down their currency for long enough to justify their current account deficit for a period of time and sort of you know, get themselves on, a, on an even keel until such time as it's somebody else's turn to talk down their currency. Certainly going to be so, watching well, that in
1: Australia because, yeah. you know, s- this absolutely stellar rally in the Aussie mm. um, last, mm. uh, over the last week. Um, it's it, Do you think it's climbing into danger territory where, I mean?
2: Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. I mean, the RBA is, is, is sweating bullets. Um, not sweating bullets. I mean, let's face it, their average is a lot lower, but – they have relied very heavily on the currency in recent years to do a lot of the heavy lifting. And the fact that it's... I mean, they did not expect to see it at, at, you know, 50 whatever cents it was, 58 cents or wherever, you know, that low was. But they were certainly very happy and comfortable seeing it circa 65, 67. Uh, At 74, they're not comfortable because they know that they've QE'd as much as they can. They've, you know... Lock down the the curve yield curve control out three years and whatever else. So they are really now, uh, yeah, as always, very heavily re- reliant on the currency getting weaker uh, to to help them out. And yeah, they're they're probably not not loving it here. Let's put it that way.
0: Yeah, I got uh, uh, nothing to add, Ken. it's spot on. The uh, I I honestly think that our dollar is going to go to parity again um i've i've got no real reason to change that it won't be a straight line but uh, that's that's the way that it's going to go what the rba is going to do well wow, so hang on so
2: you you think it does another 30 odd percent god knows how many percent from here yeah like,
0: why not really why not
2: wow why, why not, not? Like, it's, it's because it's, because australia is going to be so great or because the u.s is going to be so garbage
0: uh, US, U.S. just continual sloshy money because I don't – okay, if you visualise it, I don't have an exit plan for this, right? You know I like to do that visualisation, play the tape to the end. What does it actually look mm. like? What does it actually look like to sit in a room and talk about what? And I don't have, I don't have an exit plan for the direction that they've taken in the States, which means that that's mm. sloshy. So pending some other big calamity that then means everyone has to buy U.S. dollars, I've got no real reason to be, to be on that trade. Us, we're going to keep selling stuff to a very, very blossoming China again. And last time I checked, that's pretty healthy for the dollar. Okay. And that is
1: not helped by, you know, (laughs) Aussie dollar at parity back in what, 2007, 2008. And it was an awesome time to be Uh, going on holiday. Yeah,
0: 2009, 10. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Unfortunately,
1: we're not going to get that uh, upside as much.
0: No, it won't be because people can't go anywhere. <laughs> but uh, I, 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 it's just just the visualisation. The visualisation. I can't. I, I don't really see any other real picture that's in there, unless there's some amazing reason why everyone needs to buy US dollars real quick.
2: Yeah. Um, no. Let, let's see. I mean, I, I, I take your point. Um, I just, I just don't think that. Yeah, I'll take the other
0: side of that. Let's put it that way. But I am—I'll see you on the screens. I am—I am. That—that I am, that being said, on the on the on the stock guy, I'm the equity guy. I am notoriously bad at foreign exchange, so it's a. You can uh, you can take the I'll other side of that
2: out. Might
0: might
1: be a good time to reiterate that the, the show does absolutely <laughs> not, 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 it's not, not
0: even general advice. It's 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 no. uh, what's the next one down? It's uh, yeah. So yeah, it's
2: so, hygge advice. So if you want candles and blankets, <laughs> you've come to the right place.
1: Financial advisor in a blanket. Uh, okay. Um, you can find us on iTunes at The Bip Show. We're on Twitter. It's at the underscore Bip underscore show, and we're on Facebook too. Just search The Bip Show. Uh, we're individually on Twitter too, at Colgo, at James and 42, uh, and at Ken Vexler. Don't forget to hit subscribe and rate the show. We love those five star ratings. Thanks, everybody. James, been a pleasure. Good. Another 15. Looking forward to it. Uh, and Ken, what is the Dutch for? Thanks very much. See you later.
2: Uh, Danke, well. Uh, do it, do it. Oh, yeah. Do it,
1: do it. Yeah. Do, it, do, it. Yeah, yeah. do it, do it. To you all. <laughs> okay. Uh, do it, do it, everybody. Um,
3: <laughs>
2: uh, <laughs> or in the immortal, immortal words of Jeff Fennick love yous love <laughs> <is, is> all.
1: Love you all. Okay. And uh, not, not a Malmeninga. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Okay. Yes.
2: Yeah. Good. All right, guys. Yeah. Pleasure.
1: Good run. The show is produced by Eamon Connolly and Rick Salter. And we will catch you next time. Thanks for joining us.